You know, um, I think every church, at least most churches, certainly understand the mission that Jesus has given to the church, and that's discipleship. I mean, he made that clear. He gave it. He, Matthew 28, the Great Commission, we call it. And it's uh, so most churches understand that our mission is to make disciples. This is where the difference comes in, is how do you define a disciple? And stop and think just even among our own churches, we seek to be a church to make disciples for Jesus. If we all have different definitions of what a disciple is and what that looks like and what you gotta pursue to get there, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna be lost all over the place and stumbling over one another. So let me start with this. Find somebody by you. Take just a minute. How do you define a disciple quickly and simply and then let them do that for you? Let, let's start there. How, how many, get up, find somebody, those of you that can get up, somebody by you and share with them how you define a disciple and hear how they define a disciple. Go. Okay, let me ask you this. How many of you had the exact same definition of what a disciple is? Not many hands. One, two, three hands. Um, how many can repeat back word for word what they heard from the other person? Not many hands. You see, our heart's desire this morning, my heart is this. How can we define a disciple biblically accurate and simple enough that we can all remember it and be on the same page so we're all working together to go for the same thing? If we can't define what a disciple is alike, and if we can't be shooting for the same things alike, then we're not going to be working together or getting very far and accomplishing much. So when it comes to defining a disciple, the Bible says a lot about it. And, and so if we try to be too technically correct and get everything together in that sense, we'll never be able to say it in a way that we can remember it, that can make a difference in our lives. So that's my goal this morning to be biblically accurate, to capture the heart of Scripture and say it in a way that's memorable enough for us that we, Moraine Valley Church, can become more effective as a disciple-making church to carry out the mission that Jesus gave us. We're closing our series this morning on our core as we defined who is Moraine Valley as a church. Not just me individually, but who are we as a church and we're going to close that this morning with looking at our mission, what we're here to do. And specifically, again, we're going to try to define that in a way. How does Moraine Valley look at making disciples? And that makes us unique from other churches. So let me start by, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 28. Your phone, whatever instrument you use to get to God's Word. Jesus gave us this mission. Matthew 
during the 40 days that he was walking here on earth. We learned in Acts a few weeks ago, there were two things he was doing during those 40 days. He was giving orders to his disciples and he was giving, uh, talking to them about the kingdom of God and actually a third thing and giving them many convincing proofs that he really was alive. Well, one of the things he was speaking to them as he was giving them orders was in Matthew 28, verse 18. We call it the Great Commission. And Jesus came up, starting in verse 18, and Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And then here's the great promise of the great commission of all the commissions, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We look at that, it's overwhelming. How could I ever pull this off? Well, Jesus promises to be with us, even to the end of the age in this work. The work is the command here. The only command in this text is make disciples. He tells us three ways to do it. By going, by baptizing, and by teaching. And so our mission is to make disciples. And I love the alls in this passage. Not going to preach about it this morning, but worthy of a sermon someday. Verse 18, all authority has been given to Jesus in heaven and earth. We're to make disciples of all the nations. We're told to observe all that he commanded us. And he said he'll be with us always. And so this is, this is a major weighty mission that Jesus has given to the church to make disciples. So how do we define it? Not a common word in our language. We don't go around at work and saying... Uh, Who's the, who are you discipling or how are we making disciples? Um, that's just not a common thing in our culture, but it was back then at that time as they had the relationship between the rabbis and their followers. Uh, making a disciple and being a disciple is something that was understood in their culture and context. So I want to kind of bring it down on the lower shelf for us this morning to see if we can better understand that. And so if you go to a Greek dictionary, when they define the word, they use either, the, the Greek word is mathetaeus, they will use either the word follower or disciple, which really doesn't help us a lot, it helps us a little. But when you break down the word mathetaeus, what does that mean? That word means to be a learner or to be a pupil you're a pupil of somebody, you're learning from somebody, and Luke 6.40 uses this word and helps us understand a little bit more what a disciple is like and where they're going. A pupil or a disciple, exact same word used in Matthew 28 there as disciple, make pupils of all nations, Make a pupil, or it does say, it says, a pupil is not above his teacher, but everyone after he's been fully trained will be like his teacher. 
So we see two things here that are real clear in this simple little verse. A disciple's a pupil. He's a learner. He's learning from his teacher. And when he's fully trained and when he's fully grown as a disciple or pupil, he's going to be just like his teacher. Well, you know what that means for us as disciples of Jesus? <laughs> Learning all that he taught us when we're fully trained, we'll be like our teacher, Jesus. And so the goal of discipleship is to become like our teacher, Jesus, and the means is, is being a pupil and learning from him. Vine's Dictionary, uh, again, helps further expand words and explain it. says it's thought that is accompanied with endeavor. In other words, it's not just learning, but it's learning and practicing what they learned. It's putting feet to what they learned. It's obeying what they learned. What does he say? Not teaching them all that Jesus taught us, but what? Teaching them to obey all that Jesus taught us. See, a disciple is somebody who's learning from Jesus. And then they're a pupil of Jesus. They're sitting at his feet learning from him, and they're seeking to put into practice and apply what they're getting from him. So a disciple has two aspects to it. One, they're learning from Jesus. The other aspect is they're following what they're learning. They're obeying. They're putting it into practice. Now turn to, um, while you're in Matthew, turn to Matthew 4.19 because we see another aspect of it that is caught here on what a disciple is like. Matthew 4, 19, this is the call of Jesus inviting some of his followers to be disciples and to follow him, okay? So we're gonna learn something from, we learned something from the word itself and what it means. Now we're gonna look at when Jesus called them and said, you know, come follow me. We're gonna learn something about a disciple as we look at this call. Matthew 4, verse 19 says this, at verse 18, he was walking by the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting nets into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. I just want to verse, focus on verse 19 this morning. He called them to follow him. They knew exactly what he was talking about. Be a disciple of mine. Be a pupil of mine. Learn from me. And to put into practice what you're going to learn from me. So I want you to drop everything you're doing in your life right now and come after me and learn how to live life from me and live it like I live it. And then he said this, and I will make you fishers of men. You see, there's something that's going to happen when we follow Jesus. I like that word, I will make you. 
That's called transformation. We use that word. It's, it's Jesus says, I'm going to do something inside of you. I'm going to change you at the core of your being. I'm going to transform you. I'm going to make you into something as you're learning from me as a pupil and seeking to practice what you learn. What I'm going to make of you is a fisher of men. You're going to become a person that's going to make an influence on other people. And, you know, I, 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 got, I was thinking this morning, I'm encouraged, because I know this morning that we have a team of people who are influencing young people at camp this week, <laughs> as we have uh, high schoolers and uh, different students that have gone away to camp, and so we have a team of people from here that have gone with them as they want to do, and Jesus has built into their heart that desire, I want to influence others. Because as I'm following Jesus, something's happening inside of me where I want to take this and give it to others. And we have a team of people up at Johnny and Friends this week as well uh, that are serving those that are disabled. And they're, they're up there serving and getting close to people and impacting them for Jesus. And so it's so exciting to see that as people begin to follow Jesus, he does something in you where you start to give out to others. You know, let, let me just say this. I, I didn't have this in the sermon, but this is something I've seen. Some people need to get to grow. Give me another Bible study. Give me another uh, worship experience. Give me another small group where I can gain more information. Give me, give me another whatever. And they do grow from that, and that's very healthy. Like a newborn baby, they have to get to grow. But there's some people that get to the stage to grow, you have to give away. Because just sitting in another Bible study and learning more truth, while it's a good thing, that's really not what you need to grow. What you need to grow is to give. Maybe you need to be leading a Bible study. Maybe you need to be on the worship team. Maybe you need to be out serving someplace. Maybe you need to be telling somebody else about you. You see what I'm saying? And when you think about that, that people, some people need to get to grow. That's the following Jesus. Some people need to give to grow. That's becoming a fisher of men. And I don't know where you're at, but I want to encourage you. If you feel like your life is stale and, and you're just, it's not working for you, this Christian thing. It just seems boring. I'm just going to another event, another meeting. Maybe the struggle you're having is, is that your whole focus is on just getting more rather than asking the question, how can I give more? Because that's where you're going to find the activity and the excitement in your heart of the Spirit of God working. So we kind of seen the word, what it means. We saw that it's a pupil, it's a learner of Jesus who's practicing what they're learning. And as they're doing that, Jesus is doing something inside of them that's going to make them to be a person who wants to give away what they've gotten from him to be a blessing to others. So I'm going to try to give you a simple definition of being a disciple of Jesus. Um, four of us on the staff were given a question and an assignment by somebody that's been working with us to help us think through some of the things and how we can help Moraine grow more. And this was their question. 
How would you define a disciple at Moraine Valley Church? That's what we're doing this morning in our sermon. And you know, uh, these are four, three of us were pastors, one's a director. And we literally talked about this for about an hour and a half to two hours. And we were, cons we were considering what does the Bible say? And how do people in today's language understand it? We're trying to put together again, biblically accurate, yet simple enough to be a tool that can be used to help people grow as disciples in Jesus. I'm telling you, we went in circles, we brought out verses, we said, what about this, what about that? And we finally came to this conclusion. We can't think of a better way to say it than Moraine's already saying it, following Jesus and impacting others. Isn't that what the Word says? Isn't that what Jesus' call says? You're following Jesus, you're learning from Jesus, you're seeking to apply to your life and live life as Jesus teaches us to live life. And in that process, something is happening in you where you're becoming a person that now wants to impact other people with the way that Jesus has impacted you. So we can't think of a more biblically accurate and yet simple phrase to define a disciple than saying somebody who follows Jesus and impacts others. Now, could you imagine the impact at Moraine Valley Church if every person that walked in these doors and every person sitting in this room this morning said, I define a disciple as somebody who follows Jesus and impacts others. Now all of a sudden, we got something to work with. Now all of a sudden, we can come together and make a greater impact as a church upon each other and the people around us and the world around us. So here's the next logical question. What does following Jesus and impacting others look like? <laughs> okay, now we got a nice statement we can put on the walls, we can put on our sheets, we can say, yeah, I got a disciple and I'll write it in the back of my Bible. Now we gotta ask our question, what does it look like to follow Jesus and impact others? What would be the simple things under each one of those that we need to look at and begin to understand and begin to practice to be able to make that happen. See, when I think of following Jesus, in many ways you're getting. When I think of impacting others, you're giving. Remember we talked earlier, it's some, some people need to be getting at this stage of their spiritual growth because they need that to be healthy as a Christian, but some have become stale and stagnant and bored because they're not giving any place, and that's where they need to be, following Jesus, impacting others. So this same group of four of us that were wrestling with this, we came up with, we think, three words that can summarize what it looks like to follow Jesus and impact others. Put it on a PowerPoint here. First one is be with Jesus. The second one is bring, uh, become like Jesus. And the final one is to bring Jesus to our world. Be, become, and bring. 
You know, guys, again, I think you're going to see from what we've already learned and what we're going to continue to look at, this is very biblically accurate, and yet it's very simple to remember. Be, become, bring. Be with Jesus. Become like Jesus. That's our goal. And bring Jesus I'm sorry, Pete, I confused you, brother. I found my notes all the way. Bring Jesus to our So let me break each one down. Be with Jesus. That's our union. That's our source. Remember what Jesus said in John 15, verse 4. He said this. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. He's using the imagery of a vine that Jesus himself is the vine, he's the source of life, he's the source of fruit, and we, the believers, are the branches, and he's saying that just like a, when you look at a vine, if the branches are not plugged into the vine, they can't bear any fruit. He's saying the same thing is true of you as believers, if you're not plugged into me. If you're not abiding in me, if you're not in union with me, if you're not walking with me, if you're not in fellowship with me, you can't bear any fruit. So if you want to be a person that's going to make an impact on others, we need to start by being people who are in union with Jesus, receiving from him. Because what we need to bring to other people is the overflow of the life of Jesus filling us. Listen to what Mark uh, Three says. I think I put it in a PowerPoint. He said this, Jesus appointed the 12, why? So they'd be with him. And that he could send them out to preach. See, be with him, getting, send them out, giving. They got to receive from, because you know what? We're not just giving my best or our best to the world. We're bringing Jesus to the world. And so I need to be filled up and in communion with Jesus, living his life through me and out through, through me so that when I go into the world, when he sends me, I can make an impact. I can invest in others. I can be an influence upon them. So the first thing when we talk about being a disciple, it's we got to be with Jesus. We need to be in union with him because he's the resource of all the fruit of our life. The second one is become like Jesus. We saw that in Luke 6.40, didn't we? When a pupil is fully trained, what are they like? They're like their teacher. And if we're learning from Jesus how to live like him, we're becoming more like him. Now, those of you that are familiar with uh, Romans 8, 28, and 29, we know that all things work together for the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he predestined what? To become conformed to the image of Jesus. Right from the beginning, God's plan for every believer in Jesus Christ is to make them more like Jesus. That's part of discipleship. That's what happens when you're a pupil of Jesus. You become more like Jesus. And that was God's plan from the beginning. And according to Romans 8, 20, he's using everything in my life. And I say, why is this happening to me? Why is this going bad? And why, why did this happen? It's part of God's plan of working in our life to make us more like Jesus. I love what Galatians 4.19 says. 
and uh, some of you mothers can relate to this. Paul says this, that he is in labor until Jesus is formed in those Galatians. The word labor is the word hard labor. Let me take the word a bit farther. It's the word that's used when a woman is delivering a baby and when she's in that hard labor portion of the delivery. Paul says, that's how much work I'm putting in to form Jesus in you, not just to make sure you got all your theology right, make sure you guys are doing all the right programs and uh, doing all the, no, it's until Jesus is formed in you. And so one, we're to be with Jesus, that's our union and our source that is the foundation of everything. Second of all, the goal is to become like Jesus and then finally, the work is to bring Jesus to our world. I thought of two ways, you know, as I was thinking about this, a couple words came to my mind. Yeah, because he's gonna make us fishers of men, right? So where are men at? Men, generically, men and women. There's men and women in the world, there's men and women in the church. Jesus is gonna teach us how to fish. As we read all the scripture and try to be faithful to scripture, the ministry of believers, not just to the lost, but it's also to the believers. We have ministry to one another. And so when I think of bringing Jesus, I think first of all, when I think of the lost, I think of two words. They each start with the letter I. The individual and the institutions. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Be Jesus to the world. Bring Jesus to our world. There's lost people around us that need Jesus, and we need to bring the gospel and the good news of Jesus to him. But we've also been called to be the salt and the light of the world, and there's institutions that need the salt of the believers of Jesus Christ and the light of the believers of Jesus Christ. Could you imagine if that was pulled out? and there was no influence from those who are followers of Jesus. Uh, Marcus Warner, I remember uh, listening to a conference by him in the area of spiritual warfare. He said, one of the problems with our culture today is that Christians have removed themselves from all the institutions of culture. And therefore, we're struggling today because this is the fruit of Christians have pulled away from being a part of the institutions around us. And Jesus would want us to be a part of those institutions to be salt and light to the world. And so when I think of bringing Jesus to the world, I don't just think of the individual, I think of the institutions we can influence. Now when I think of the church being fishers of men, I think of the letter B. The body, that's the whole corporate body, and the believer, the individual. So in a sense, you have the individual, you have the corporate institutions on both of these. Church certainly is not an institution, but that's why I call it a body. And we're to have an impact on one another carry one another's burdens and pray for one another and help one another and teach one another, admonish one another. But also, we're to have a part in the larger community of the church in contributing to what God is seeking to do here. So when we bring Jesus to our world, we're thinking of the individuals and the institutions in the world. We're thinking of the individuals and the corporate body of the church.
That's what it looks like to be a disciple. Be with Jesus, become like Jesus, bring Jesus to our world. And as we close our series this morning on our core, and we've been looking at defining who are we, um, the mission is the work that we do, and that's how we're seeking to do it. We want to see people follow Jesus and impact others. We're going to do that through being in union with Jesus, making our goal becoming like Jesus, and uh, doing the work of bringing Jesus to our world. And our values become the way which we carry all that out together. Remember this is we talked about together strong. That was our first message. Then we looked at being mission driven. Go ahead, Pete, put them up quickly. World changers, future focused, grace and truth. This is the way how we do all this together as we walk. When we talk of together strong, that's our vehicle. In other words, this thing is not a solo work, it's a team effort. Mission driven, that's why we exist. That's why we do what we do and are seeking to be who we're seeking to become. It's because the mission that Jesus gave us. That's why we want to be like Jesus. That's why we want to do the things Jesus has called us to do. We're world changers. Transformation is our destiny. Our goal is not just to get more people in church. Our goal is to get more people to know Jesus and become like Jesus, whether that's inside the church or outside the church. We want to be world changers wherever we are. We're future focused. The next generation is in our sight. We talked about this. There's upcoming generations, both are going to impact the kingdom of God and Moraine Valley Church that we want to focus upon to be a church to make a difference. We've actually been commanded by the Lord that even generations that haven't been born yet we're supposed to be thinking about and preparing for. And there's some of us that are a little bit older, we should be thinking, how do we invest in these who have yet to be born, these younger generations that are going to be impact on the kingdom and marine for the future? How can I use my time to serve and impact, to influence, to be a fisher of men in the corporate body of Moraine and to one another's, and especially those that are younger? How do I invest in them? I heard some people recently uh, talking about leaving. They're at the age of saying, we're thinking about what kind of legacy can we leave? You know, what, what a better legacy than investing right here in this church in our children's programs on Sunday morning or during the week uh, to invest in just the many different ways, the high school ministry, uh, the junior highs, the many ways we're trying to prepare them and even in the young families of our church. Maybe God has given you financial resources that you can help invest in that. Maybe it's time resources, but you know, here at Moraine, as we're getting older, our question shouldn't be, well, what's here for me? My question should be, how can I give to impact the future? That's what God is calling us to at Moraine Valley Church. And then as we spoke of recently, grace and truth is our context. Grace is the way that God has met us. 
Grace is what we need every day. And by the way, what's grace? Grace is basically Jesus working in us by faith. (laughs) Uh, And so we all need Jesus to continue to work in us, and that's what we need to bring to the world around us. So as I close, I want to ask you this question. Which of these do you need to focus on? To be a follower of Jesus, impact others. Pete, I think we got another slide on that. You can put all three up at once. Which of these three do you say, okay, now I just got a dump truck dumped on me. Let me pull back and let me grab one thing that I can focus on. If you're to look at this summer for you, which of these three do you need to focus on? Being with Jesus, man, I I need to learn how to walk in union with Jesus or I've kind of fallen away from that or I've kind of let that go or I'm too busy. Do I need to refocus on that? Do I need to reset my goals and reset my, recalibrate, I guess they call it, you know, my, my compass in my life? And is it really set on that goal of becoming like Jesus? Or maybe you need to start investing your life. You say, you know what, I need, I need to start investing. I need to either invest in the lost neighbors around me or family or maybe a, a, a different institution within my community that I can be the salt and light of Jesus in. Or maybe it's even uh, bringing Jesus to Moraine Valley Church working in a specific ministry or maybe some other individual you know that needs to be encouraged or helped or instructed. So take a moment. Think about that. Which of those three is your greatest need? And then think of this. And I'm going to give you a couple minutes to do this. What are you going to do about it? (laughs) At least one practical thing, if not two practical things you're going to do about it. So which area do you need this summer And what are you going to do about it?